The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I am your host, Amy Daniels McClure. I'm a registered nurse with a doctorate in nursing focused on rehabilitation and a clinical consultant with Coloplast. Today we welcome Dr. Anita Socolo, Assistant Professor of Clinical Pediatrics at the Keck School of Medicine, University of California. Clinically, Dr. Socolo currently serves as a Medical Director of the Motility Disorders Program and Program Director of Neurogastroenterology and Motility Fellowship Training Program at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. As a leader and mentor in the GI motility clinical space, Dr. Socolo teaches with a passion not only for kids that she treats, but a deep passion to educate and support clinicians around the country to help all kids with neurogenic bowel dysfunction reach better clinical outcomes and achieve better quality of life. It's an honor to get to talk with Dr. Anita Socolo today. Thank you for joining us again today, Dr. Socolo. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me back. It's so good to hear your voice again and get to hear what you have to teach us. I know the past three podcasts we've gotten to do with you has been focused a lot on how you actually treat, but today's podcast is going to be more kind of like, what are we doing in the future? We know a lot of these kids are aging out of your care and there's disease states like spina bifida where we know the greater percentage of those patients with spina bifida are actually adults now. So Thank you so much for taking the time today. I know this is going to be a short and sweet podcast, um, but looking forward to hear what you have to say. So today we're going to talk about a buzzword around healthcare, which is transitional care. So what does that mean to you on the pediatric side? And what do you think this means to patients with lifelong diseases or illnesses? So this is a huge issue for us, um, Amy, as we all know, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's a huge topic now, and it's really difficult for us to find experts who are willing to take on the care of the patients. There are centers with transitional care teams, but of course, this is not the norm uh, nationally. Not yet. It's something that we should, <laughs> yeah, we should strive yeah. to, obviously, but it's not the norm yet. Mm-hmm. So it's an issue that needs to be further addressed. We need adult practitioners to take over the care of these complex patients and be comfortable with their treatment plans that they're coming with from these pediatric centers. Um, And those treatment plans might include um, not just medications, but as we mentioned previously, things like new pump-based transanal irrigation systems as well. And as kids age, their their needs change, right? So I'm sure even after they're done um, in the pediatric space and as they develop into adolescence and even adulthood, the needs are going to change and their attention to bowel management, they're still going to need to be followed. Oh, absolutely. You know, as kids um, get older, we need to focus more on encouraging their independence and confidence. We need to continue to focus as providers on being able to provide candid, open conversations with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a difficult time, right? Like developmentally, socially. And uh, during this time, we find that a lot of patients want independence from their families and being able to perform uh, daily activities of living, including the transanal irrigations even. Our patients really love the pump-based system because they don't have to have somebody in the bathroom assisting them anymore, right? Like nobody right. has to hold the bag up or <laughs> fill containers or help with the catheters. They can place a triangular-shaped bag on the floor. The catheters um, can be placed on their own, sitting on the toilet or a commode. 
And um, depending on the dexterity, we can adjust that for them to be able to do that. And then they use a handheld pump to be able to irrigate. So they really love that and being able to uh, be independent. But it's important for us to hear what they want and be able to adjust our treatment plans to be able to accomplish their goals as well. Well, and I can imagine that as they age too, um, even if they start with you and you've got it down pat, the bowels kind of slow down a little bit. I'm sure like everything does when you age. And so somebody's going to need to keep following these, um, these kids. And I know not only do they need the medical management, but it's probably pretty hard on them emotionally. I mean, they've had you as their doctor for sometimes 25 years, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's important uh, and really a fundamental part of our bowel, uh, patient's bowel regimen as they transition to young adulthood. And even into adulthood, this is something that can be continued um, into mm-hmm. adulthood. It can be a lifetime solution or it can be a transition as they're getting into other procedures that are planned down the road or in the future. So it's important to understand the bowel regimens they're coming in with into an adult practice. And sometimes there are small adjustments that need to be made. So maybe the catheter size needs to be upsized. Maybe positioning needs to be changed because the families are no longer placing the catheter. They're placing the catheter. Or maybe the volumes haven't been adjusted in a while, and we need to bump up those volumes to make sure they're adequate and appropriate to avoid oh, um, incontinence. Okay. That's a good point. We've talked a lot about quality of life and the impact that um, improved bowel management has. But when we're looking at kids as they grow into young adults, um, you know, some of them are going to go to college. Some of them are going to start trades. Um, travel, mm-hmm. all sorts of dreams happen. It's kind of a magical age, right? They're getting to kind of be independent. What impact do you see bowel control having on that? It's so important, like you said, for us to like appreciate the time of life they're in and what their goals are and what they're trying to achieve. And you need to really appreciate the amount of impact that bowel incontinence can have on a young adult's life, right? This week, uh, I actually trained a young lady who was about to turn 21 and age out of my practice. Oh, no. <laughs> and she was just starting her pump-based irrigation system. So we're like, oh, okay, we have to get this done. Uh, and my real motivation was because her goals were that she wanted to start the transanal irrigation so that she could get a job and make mm-hmm. money and have her own apartment and be independent. Like, yes, all those things. Yes, 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 you know. And she was successful. She was able to place a pastor on her own. She was able to learn how to pump and perform the irrigations. We taught her how to troubleshoot. Um, and this was like the first time without the assistance of her family. So wow. it was so exciting and so yeah. enabling for her, right? So that now she can really look to her future with bright eyes and, and high hopes. So uh, these types of stories are really what we need to strive for, to improve the lives of our patients and truly make a difference in their quality of life. Well, and I appreciate you so much sharing that story, Dr. Socolo. I think bowel dysfunction is not talked about a lot. And I think you, you've you mentioned quite a few stories, um, and I appreciate this one, about how impactful it really can be. And the patients mm-hmm. sometimes suffer in silence. Um, they don't know that there's new options out there. Um, and they really count on clinicians like you to help them find those. Thank you, Amy. So focusing on the adult GI clinicians that may be listening as they take on these pediatric patients that you've had for 25 years, um, 21 years, how would they even start? What would you suggest that they start looking at when they bring these pediatric patients into their programs? Yeah, so I mean, I've mentioned this so many times. I think the most important part is to make sure, I mean, these kids are complex. These young adults are complex patients. So you really want to make sure that you understand their history, their anatomy, obviously the basics, Mm -hmm. uh, their exams. 
and that you want to make sure that the patient's voices are heard, that you are meeting them where they are, that you're helping them achieve the goals that they want to improve the quality of life. Of course, as practitioners, we want to make sure that we're educating them on also what's available and what is possible for them. But, you know, it's really important to see what they want. Are they ready to establish independence from their family? Sometimes this might be just being continent enough to maintain a job, to go to a job for a few hours. This might be that they need to be continent enough to go attend classes for an entire day. Uh, is it just social confidence that they want? Do they want to start relationships or have a significant other? Uh, mm-hmm. Care providers need to be able to be abreast also on the new information that's coming out, right? Like you need to know what products and what devices are available so that you can offer them to your patients as well. You can't be offering the same solutions that we had 10, 15 years ago. They might still be valid for some patients, but there's a lot more on the horizon and we should be able to offer those to our patients and give them the best quality of care. And there's, there's no reason why a GI, not even GI, a, a clinician that maybe sees these kids as adults and they didn't get access to some of these newer treatments, there's no reason why you can start transanal irrigation as an adult, correct? Yeah, it can be started in any stage of life. So it's um, okay. from age two to forever. <laughs> forever. Um, okay. <laughs> so we focused a lot on bowel function improvement. Um, and I know that you've said a lot and I appreciate all of your insight and stories, but what have you seen outside of the bowels? Have you seen clinical improvements outside as well? Yeah. So with transanal irrigations, uh, not only are we improving fecal incontinence, but in some cases we're even helping to recover the colon. So these colons that have mm. been stretched out and dilated for a long period of time. So it really depends on the underlying etiology, but that is possible as well. We um, can also see secondary gains, right? In like other organs, such as the bladder, the kidney, especially in the reduction of UTIs and pressure on the bladder. Some of these patients sometimes tell us it's easier for them to perform urinary catheterizations and they're able to establish better regimens and routines really once they they, uh, establish their bowel regimen with transanal irrigations. So we see an improvement in appetite even. I talked about this earlier in other Mm -hmm. podcasts, you know, sometimes kids that have had feeding intolerance, abdominal pain. So once you're able to decompress the colon and remove the impactions and maintain that, you see effects in motility and improvement in these secondary functions across the body. Oh, that's so good. Thank you for sharing those. So one last time. Any advice that you have for clinical teams that are taking on these complex patients in the adult world? I think it's of utmost importance for adult providers to really gain the trust of their patients, which we mentioned before have been previously followed for their entire lives by their pediatric providers. So this might be difficult feat at first, right? Like you have to get buy-in, compliance, um, you have to have them understand long-term improvements in healthcare and their outcomes. With a critical eye, we really need to understand and continue to work with our families to make sure they're given the best treatment options and uh, provide them with the best health care that we can. And as you mentioned, I think it's something like 60, over 60% of our patients with spina bifida are now transitioning into adult care. So we need to start shifting our focus to ensure that we continue to keep the same level of care um, and excellence of care really for these, these families and these patients. And for children who were, or young adults who were not fortunate enough to be exposed to some of these options uh, in childhood or while they're pediatric patients, I think it needs, you know, adult providers need to be comfortable and secure mm-hmm. enough in introducing these later in years. So we said it's never too late, right? We know that transit time can increase as the patients get older and bowel regimens need to be adjusted. 
Fecal incontinence is still fecal incontinence. It shouldn't be ignored and it shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't say, well, this is how it's going to be. It affects the lives of both children, young adults and adults significantly, not only their lives, their caretakers, their families and their community around them as well. So I think it's of utmost importance for us to focus our attention and really hone in to make sure that these patients are well taken care of. Very well said, Dr. Socolo. Um, I love hearing your passion. It's always it's always so great to hear you challenge all clinicians to kind of step up their care when it comes to bowel management. So thank you for that. Thank you for joining us on these podcasts, Dr. Socolo. I know a lot of people are going to learn from you, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be on. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. It was a pleasure to join you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us professional.